How's it going, everybody? Welcome to episode number eight of the Travel and Adventure Photography School podcast. I'm your host, Robert Massey. Thank you so much for joining me today. This week, we are going to get back into our series on learning from the masters. So here is part two of this series. In episode number six, we talked about why you should study master painters. Talking people like Van Gogh and Botticelli, you know, all the masters that we think of when we go see galleries all through Europe and places like that. This week, we're going to talk about what we can learn from master photographers. In part three, we're going to take a look at masters of modern photography and what we can learn from them, particularly those who are in the outdoor sphere. Now, today's list where we're going to talk about master photographers from a little bit further back was a really hard list for me to compile because there are so, so many amazing people that we could have talked about today. So I had to narrow it down somehow. So I decided on three criteria that these photographers all had to match to make it into the episode here today. And that's that they were no longer with us, that they did most of their work in the pre-digital era. So we're talking on film before digital cameras really took over and that they focused really on outdoor pursuits. There are too many spectacular photographers for me not to have narrowed it down somehow. So this is what I chose to do. And this is by no means an exhaustive list of people. This is a finite, tiny list. It's a starting point to get you going on your own learning. And this isn't even a list of my favorite photographers or the ones I think are the best or anything like that. But I chose ones that I thought exemplified important lessons for you to learn. So I will be referencing a few photographers throughout this episode, just like I referenced some painters. Don't worry, I'll put a list up of all the ones I reference into the show notes so you can go through and find them, find their spellings. Things like that. If I can, I'll link through to the website so you can see their work, any books they've published, all that kind of great stuff. All right. And don't forget to listen all the way to the end today because we are going to start doing something new on the podcast that I'm borrowing from one of my favorite podcasts to listen to in the creative realm, creative sphere. And it's the fabulous folks that start with this, where I'm going to give you something to consume and something to create at the end of this episode. And it's to really help you focus in on some of the lessons that we learned today and hopefully get you actually out there applying what we're talking about rather than just absorbing a bunch of information. I've done that. I've listened to way too many podcasts and not actually done anything with them. So I'm going to borrow this idea that they use at Start With This. Thank you very much, guys. Amazing work. So stick around to the end today for a way to apply everything that we were talking about. Today, we are learning about the masters of film photography. Just like the masters of painting, we can look to masters of photography especially from the film era to really help us understand our craft better today these are our roots especially in landscape and adventure photography this is where a lot of our concepts and ideas and everything have come from and have built up from and these people have created photographs that have stood the test of time and are hung on walls all over the world to today even though they were taken going on 100 years ago or more for some of them. And I believe it is really, really important to look back on how art was created to help create your own artistic vision in your work today. So we're going to talk about four tips that these masters of photography can teach us to make our travel and adventure photography much better. They are exploration, detail, preparation, and participation. Let's get going right off the bat with exploration. This is true of every single one of the masters of outdoor and adventure photography from the film era. 
They all explored and adventured and wandered and spent thousands of hours on their feet seeing areas. They didn't just walk one path in an area. They got to know everything. They wandered down new streets and up new mountains and up new routes up the same mountains they've been up. They walked everywhere and they looked for new angles and new perceptions on well-photographed, well-worn areas. They wanted to show them from unique and different angles. And this is really important to know because it's how you can create a new piece of art, especially with how well-trodden a lot of our natural landscapes are. There's a lot of people out taking photos and a lot of people out in these areas and in the cities and stuff like that. And you really need to look and scout out these locations to be able to create a new angle or a new perspective on them. But it really doesn't just end there because as you move your feet and as you walk down other roads and as you look back at your subject from a distance or you get right up underneath of it, as you just move around an area, as you just move around a mountain or a city or a town or wherever it is that you are, you really get to know how it feels and you really get to know how the people of that area interact with that object, how they move through it. You get to see the patterns of how the clouds move around a mountain or how people cross across in front of that building. You're going to start to understand the space and that is going to come across in your images. The person who is particularly famous for this is a photographer that everybody, regardless of who you are, knows. Sansel Adams. He walked all over the national parks in the United States, finding the perfect angle for his photographs. He had a true love for the land that you can feel in his images. He didn't just walk up, see the path and kind of go, oh, this looks cool. This is pretty here. And that was it. No, no. He walked deeper in. He got higher. He was all over the landscape to be able to ingrain himself in it and really and truly understand it on a deep, deep level. So be like Ansel Adams. Take your camera with you and walk and explore and dig into an area to really help you take its best photos. And speaking of Ansel Adams, he is also my inspiration for tip number two. So tip number two is detail. There are a plethora of ways to photograph nature. But one of the things I consistently see from people is them trying to emulate the work of Ansel Adams. They're looking for large, sweeping vistas that are incredibly highly detailed. This is what Ansel Adams was known for. He loved his images to be incredibly detailed and incredibly sharp and just draw you through into these amazing landscapes where you could see every rock formation and every blade of grass. And he was the master of detail in his landscape images. This style of landscape photography is probably the most prevalent and popular style of landscape photography today. And it was all popularized by Ansel Adams and the way that he shot on his large format camera. But detail doesn't just have to mean the sharpness of a photo or seeing all like the little tiny rocks and blades of grass. It can also mean looking for small little details within that image. As impressive as those sweeping landscapes and cityscapes are, we can't forget about the little tiny details that make up that scene. And there are so many amazing little moments within these gargantuan landscapes that can provide us with just spectacular images if we are looking for them. 
to see a really great example of someone who sees little details and little parts of gargantuan landscapes, we can look to the work of Brett Weston. His landscape images are incredibly focused. They give us little snippets of landscapes, like trees and grass in unique patterns with unique shadowing. He reminds us to look for the small details in your scenes, things that other people may be missing because they are just looking at the overall in front of them. And they can make for some fantastic images. Weston went looking for the minute in his scenes. One of my favorite pieces of Weston's work is actually from White Sands in 1946. And it's because of the shadowing that he is showing off of all this scrub that is along the sands. It's this really unique patterning that I don't think you would have necessarily photographed if you weren't looking for these little tiny small details. So detail doesn't just mean making sure your images are tack sharp. It also means looking for the small little details and intimate moments within your travel and adventure scenes. All right, that is detail. Now we're moving on to tip number three, preparation. So one of the marks of a true master of photography is preparation and understanding how to shoot a location. Through exploration, you can get to know a city or landscapes, and this will help you in your preparation. In other words, we're talking about pre-visualization. And a lot of masters of photography talk about seeing a shot fully before they actually take it how they want it to look in the end when they've actually processed it all the way through. We don't need to do this all the time with every photo we take, but it's a good tool to put into your toolbox to be able to start not just thinking about how the scene looks in front of you, but thinking about how you're going to want that scene to look in the end. So preparation means a couple of different things. It means when you are leaving, you know what type of photos you are going to be looking for, as you head out of the house, because that will determine what gear you bring with you. Take that time to sit back and think about what photos you want to take in an area, even for five to 10 minutes before heading out the door. And that will help you make sure that you have the gear with you that you want for that day and that you're not carrying a ton of extra stuff around with you. That's just going to weigh you down, tire you out and not let you shoot as much or for as long as you want to. Preparation also means knowing what is going on in your area knowing where and when the light will be hitting your subject and what time of day you're going to need to be there to photograph it from what angle and where. Once again, this ties back into exploration because if you can explore an area, you can get to know how the sun is interacting with those objects. We have lots of digital resources we can use if we can't physically explore an area beforehand, but take the time to prepare yourself. And the one person I really want you to look at in terms of this, in terms of like being a master of preparation is Galen Rowell. And I'm sure I am butchering that name and I apologize for doing that. But he would spend hours upon hours just waiting for the light to illuminate his subjects just right. Often waiting outdoors for that alpine glow or golden hour for that perfect illumination on a mountain. Or just waiting for the moon to move just enough so that it's sitting in the crevice of a mountain or just off the peak so he can create the perfect composition. His work is a master class in preparation from knowing an area incredibly well to knowing what gear you need to bring with you. He just shot essentially on a 35 millimeter Nikon camera his entire career, foregoing the typical large format cameras of landscape photographers at that point. 
and he's somebody you should really spend a lot of time looking at and absorbing his work to really understand and see the quality that he was able to create and capture. All right, Raoul is actually my inspiration for tip number four, which is participation. So one of the biggest things that Raoul can teach us is to be a part of these adventures. And this is one of the biggest things today. Photographers are no longer these silent observers that sit on the outskirts with a tripod and take pictures of everything that's happening. We should be right in there in the guts of it and in the heart of it to really get the best images that we possibly can. Raoul was a rock climber, a wilderness expert, an explorer, and he coined his style as participatory photography. And if you want to get those heartfelt, deep, amazing images, this is how you need to start thinking of your photography as participatory. Really what this means is we can't just photograph people enjoying themselves traveling or skiing or adventuring or whatever, but we have to be right there with them. We have to be there running alongside them, climbing, hiking, exploring. We need to be able to be a part of the experiences we are photographing because that gives us the opportunity to take photos from the inside that people can't see otherwise, especially people who can't get out there and adventure and explore. This also means you understand the subject you're attempting to capture much more deeply and thus you are able to anticipate moments as they happen. You might be able to see when that rock climber is going to take a big whipper and be able to capture it, you might be able to see where the mountain biker is going to go to perfectly frame your composition. It doesn't matter. What matters is that by participating in what you are photographing, you are actually able to create better images out of it. And this allows you to create really deep and impactful photos that people want to see, especially today. A lot of people can stand on the outskirts and take a picture of somebody surfing out on the waves from the beach. But what you need to be able to do is get right out in there and into that wave and understand surfing and understand the culture and understand everything around it to get the best photo that actually represents that culture properly and actually represents that area properly. Likely going to notice in part three that participation is a huge part of the photographers who I really look up to in the outdoors industry today. People like Jimmy Chin, Chris Burkard, Paul Ziska, they are not just photographing people doing these things, but they can do them themselves. They are adventure athletes themselves on top of being spectacular photographers. All right. That is the four tips for you today. We have exploration, get out and explore that area so you can see it from new perspectives, detail, get your photos to be tack sharp if you like that style, but also look for the little tiny details within the giant gargantuan scenes preparation make sure you're ready you know what you're doing and you are prepared for the photos you want to take and participation get out there and be a part of what you want to photograph i do have one last note that i want to share with you today and it's on a photographer i hadn't heard a thing about until starting to research for this podcast and he combines a bit of everything we have talked about here and is famous today for his nighttime photos of various cities around the world but in particular paris he went by the name Brassai. Again, I'm likely very butchering that name and I apologize. He was a Hungarian French photographer who worked as a journalist throughout Europe to begin his career. And in the 1930s, when photography gear was extremely limited, he started shooting nighttime photos of Paris. And these photos are just fascinating examples of knowing an area, of exploring an area and really getting to know it deeply of being a part of the fabric of an area. So he was a participant in it. He was super well prepared. 
He had everything he needed to take nighttime photos in the 1930s that are remarkably detailed. His work really shows what you can do if you get to know an area really, really well. So this is actually going to lead straight into our consume section right now. I want you to go consume the work of Bressai. I'll include a link to a website where you can see some of his work in the show notes. And I also want you to consume the work of either Ansel Adams or Gaylene Rowell. And yes, these are two of the most famous landscape photographers ever. But there's a reason that they are like that. So you can learn a lot from them if you really haven't taken the time to truly absorb their work and how they did it. And then for something to create, pick a subject and get to know it very, very well. Choose different angles to see it from. Look for new perspectives and new places to photograph it. Look for unique and different angles that others haven't necessarily done before, or at least that you haven't seen that has been done before. Now, while doing your create project this week, be smart about it. If you are going outside, practice some social distancing. If you don't need to be outside or you can't go outside, find an object in your home to practice on and wait until everything has calmed down a little bit before you head on out. Oh, all right. That is it. That is all for this week. But for now, get out there, find photographers that inspire you and learn from them. Analyze their work and get to know what it is about their work that inspires you. Because a photographer who inspires me won't necessarily inspire you the same way. So get to know what inspires you about that person's work. And as always, we will put all this info up in the show notes for you to look at, as well as some links to websites as long as we can find them. And also, enjoy. That's the primary point of learning all of this is this should hopefully allow you to enjoy your photography more and dig deeper into it and really, really build up that creative artistic eye that will help you create more fulfilling, more full, more deep images that will hopefully make you really happy when you pull them up in Lightroom or Photoshop or wherever you do your editing. You'll be stoked with the results that you're seeing in front of you. Once you have done your consume and create project for the week, Drop us a line, let us know, send us a DM on Instagram, a message on Facebook, whatever, um, and tell us what it is that you did. Show us some photos. Let us know of the photographer you find really inspiring. It doesn't matter. Drop us a line. Let's communicate. Let's chat about great photography, great art, and about what you're up to in the photography sphere. You can find us online at travelandadventurephotographyschool.com. You can find us on Facebook at Travel and Adventure Photography School. And you can find us on Instagram at Travel Adventure Photo School. And yeah, thank you so much for joining me here today. I'm really looking forward to getting to talk with you about some of the modern masters who I absolutely adore in the work that they are doing. Now, unfortunately, is not the time for us to be wandering all over the place and exploring and walking up and down hills everywhere. Be smart about what you're doing. If you can, and if it's safe, and if you're healthy to do so, grab your camera, go for a walk by yourself. But if not, spend lots of time looking at the photos of spectacular photographers and getting ready for when we can get back out safely and happily. Until then, let's prepare to adventure again in the near future. Stay safe, everybody.